Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Today, we want to continue on that series, and uh, today's message is called Pressing Into It. Please, somebody say with me, Pressing Into It. Come on, Pressing into it. We got to press into it. Amen. And so this morning we want to continue on that series. And so I want us to go to the word of God and in Matthew eleven twelve, the word of God says the following. Jesus said, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by storm. And the violent take it by storm. You know, two questions uh, have left people scratching their heads, even myself at one point when I first read this word. The first question was, what is meant by the kingdom's suffering violence? What does it mean the kingdom of God suffers violence? And second, who is taking the kingdom by force? And so as I read this scripture, I had these two questions, just like a lot of people have had this two questions. What what does that verse really mean, take it by force? Because every time we listen to this word, every time we hear the word violent, we always think of beating up, you know, like when your older sister used to beat up on you or, you know, or when you beat up your brother or, you know, or we we talked about, you know, we we think about so many things, somebody getting hurt or, or even crimes and shootings. And this is, when we, this is what we think of when we hear the word violent or violence. And so I started doing a little bit of research and, and some theological research into this words, into this uh, verse. And let me tell you something, it's a complex verse. It is a very complex verse because... Uh, if you just listen to it in the natural and don't understand what it was talking about, then it, it, it raises questions. But as I started studying and I started getting into it, uh, I want to share with you and, and bring some clarity to these verses and then take you on a journey with an example at the end of this message that's really going to enlighten your mind and, and it's going to enlighten your spirit so that you can use it as well. So let's start uh, with a second question and work our way back to the first question. And so who are the violent and uh, who take the kingdom by force? Well, the word translated violent here, uh, like I said, always carries this negative connotation. But uh, so therefore, it's kind of hard to describe a positive action to it or give it or attribute it a positive action to it. But in my case, as I studied, I'm going to give it a positive action because it's talking about us. Come on, say us. And, and the word violent right there has more of a significance of eagerly pressing into it more than attacking it. It's more of, of, of eagerly pressing into it or forcing yourself into it. So the eagerly, the ones who are hungry, press into the kingdom and they take it by force. And so today I want to uh, bring some light into this verse and, to, and for you to start seeing it in a different way. 
eager men forcing and women forcing themselves into the kingdom. So, of course, in other words, if, if you're going to force yourself into something, obviously there's got to be some kind of opposition as well. If there's a pressure, there's going to be some kind of opposition as well. So, this also becomes more obvious that there's two forces coming against each other. And we must lay hold of the word. We must lay hold of the kingdom. We must eagerly press into it. And as we press into it, we're going to take it. We're going to lay hold of it. And we're going to hold it dear to our hearts. So there's two kinds of things that are going to come against the kingdom of God. There's two kinds of things that are going to produce a force against us. The first one is wicked people. Let me give you an example. Uh, in, in the book of Matthew, chapter 11 and verse 2, we find that Antipas imprisoned John the Baptist because he was preaching about the Lamb, because he was preparing the way for the Lamb, for Jesus Christ, for the Messiah. So there was this wickedness that was coming, this evil that was coming against the kingdom of God. It was the opposing force or the opposing pressure. But there's another one. There's another pressure, and that is what would come against Jesus' life or Jesus' purpose here on earth was to establish the kingdom of God. And so the pharisaical or pharisaical Jewish leaders would also oppose Jesus. So the two things that oppose the kingdom of God is religion and the devil. Religion and the enemy. Those are the two forces that are coming against. And so behind those two forces, we got to press ourselves and push ourselves. And you're going to see a picture in a minute of what I'm talking about. So you can go past that and then you can eagerly take hold of the kingdom of God. But there's an obstruction in the way. You know, I'm going to try to say this in, in a very nice and polite way because I don't know how, how else to say it. Or, but I'm going to give you this example. Uh, you know, sometimes we kind of get backed up. You know what I'm talking about, right? Especially after Christmas. That's why we have the 21-day fast, Daniel fast. And, and so whenever that would happen, I remember my grandma used to give me this oil. It was called castor oil. I used to call it castro oil because I thought it was like Fidel Castro. And, and so it's castor oil. And I remember she used to give me that stuff and I used to have to, how many of you? It was bad. But it had a purpose. And the purpose of it was to cleanse me out because there was a force that would not allow me to cleanse myself out. See, God in, 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 his, in his beautiful, mighty creativity, the way he created us and then the way he formed us, thought of every little detail and knew that if there was no way out to the waste, then we would poison ourselves and die. Come on, say, God always makes a way out. There's some things in our life that can't remain there. And so it's going to be by a certain pressure, a certain force that we need to shove them out. And so a lot of times the things that come against us are not necessarily always external, but sometimes they are internal. 
Sometimes there's opposing forces even within our flesh that hold us back from doing what the Word of God tells us to do, and that's taking the kingdom by force. Because we're not only wrestling against, you know, we're not only wrestling uh, against outside forces, but we're also wrestling against our mind and our flesh. And it says that the spirit and the flesh are constantly battling, battling each other. And so, in my second point here, what is meant, what is meant by the kingdom suffering violence, the Greek verb can rightly be translated into one of two ways. Either it's suffering violence or it's forcefully being advanced. Now, both of them, both of these definitions are are a plausible definition. That means you can go to either one. You can you can either say uh, it's suffering violence, or you can say we're forcing our our way, forcefully advancing it. And two things are happening at the same time. Not only does it suffer violence because the kingdom of God is being attacked, but also we are pressing ourselves out. The kingdom of God is forcefully pressing itself out to go and establish itself around the world. That's why Jesus came. And so the first option understands the kingdom to be under attack by the forces of darkness. Like I said, evil and religion, because all, those are the two greatest forces that come against the kingdom of God. You say, well, why? I understand the first one, the attack of the devil, but why the second one? Why religion? Thank you for asking. Because a lot of time, the spirit of religion makes you think that you're in a good place just because you came to church on a Sunday afternoon and sat here and you worshiped, you gave, and you listened to the word. And you said, oh, I did good today. I went to church. How many times have you ever said that? Oh, I went to church today. I feel good. And that's great. Because it's a place to come and get instructed at. It's a place to come and receive at. It's a place to come and worship. And it's a place to come and be accountable one with another. It's a good, it's a good time. We have a good time here. We worship the Lord. We get to eat donuts and, and drink coffee. And I mean, that's the beginning of it. And then, I mean, and then we get to listen to great word and enjoy great worship and everything. But it doesn't stop here. That's not, if that was the case, then we would all come here and then die. Because if that was the whole purpose of serving the kingdom, it would stop there. But the true way that you're serving the kingdom, the true way you're going to find out what you're made out of is when you have pressure. Come on, somebody say pressure. There's two things that I think of when I think of the word pressure. Number one, I think of when I was little. How many of you remember that uh, your mom used to, or your dad used to make you wash the, the sidewalk, la banqueta, you know, or the, or the driveway? And I remember that the hose didn't have enough pressure. So I uh, Mexicanly uh, came up, you know, you know the, the, the Mexicans are real, you know, they're geniuses. You bend the hose. How many of you remember bending the hose? And then I got smarter and I said, I'm going to put a rubber band on it. The problem is that it put too much pressure and then it, it couldn't spray. So I got, I, I said, I, I need to get creative here. And I made a hole in it with a little knife. And it worked fine and dandy for a while. Shh, oh man, I'm a genius. Because my parents didn't want to buy one of those little pistolitas that you would press. And shh, because it was too expensive. It was only like five bucks, but they didn't want to pay five bucks. Shh, so I was there. The problem was that is that that pressure, that little hole eventually became bigger. And it messed up my genius idea. 
And then I got spanked for messing up the hose. Because then when my dad would turn it on and he would put his thumb to it, it would spray him in the face. <laughs> Come on, say, say pressure is a force that can't be stopped. The eager people of God, take it by pressure, take it by force. You have to press into it. You have to press into the kingdom. You got to go through the battle of life to press into the kingdom. And there's going to be a lot of obstacles in your life that the kingdom of God suffers much violence. The kingdom of God is, is being under attack all the time. But the, 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 the problem is that the enemy does not understand. And even, and even within religion, it doesn't understand. That's what it's doing is that it's producing a force in you that's powerful. See, the enemy knows you can identify evil, and again, he knows that you can, what you think is evil, because, you know, a lot of times what we think is evil, we go, oh, that's evil. But then he also hides himself within religion to make you feel comfortable, to make you feel, well, I fasted 21 days. I don't need to fast the rest of the year. Well, I pray on Fridays or whenever we have prayer night. I don't have to pray. Well, I go to Bible study on Thursday, so I don't need to open the Bible the rest of the week. And so what religion does, it makes you think that you're doing right when actually putting you down. It's never enough. Come on, say it's never enough. We got to press in. You got to press in. And so, so... The word of God here talks about it suffers violence. It, it means it's got a God's kingdom is in direct, the direct opposition of, 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 of the enemy, but also the spirit of religion, but also of ourselves sometimes. That kingdom wants to come out from us. The word of God says that Jesus told his disciple, the kingdom of God is within you. Come on, say the kingdom of God is within me. And if it's in me, it wants to find a way to come out. But at the same time, you have to press into it from within and, and push it through yourself. While at the same time that you're pushing it through your flesh and your mindset, you got to also see the upcoming force of evil and religion coming against it as well. So it's a, it's a hard thing to do. But come on, let me tell you something. When things like that happen, then it forces you into this pressure that, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. How many of you know the process of making olive oil? You know, olive oil is one of the most healthy oils in the world. And for some reason, God chose it. God chose oil, olive oil to anoint kings, to anoint priests, to anoint what? Prophets. And even to go and put it on the people so they get healed. And I wasn't talking, we're not talking about the little cross that we used to do when we prayed for people. 
So I remember we used to go to church. Ever, anybody ever get anointed like that? They used to do a little crucita in the name of Jesus. I pray for you and they do a little crucita right there. That's not what it was talking about. They used to get that oil because it was in the desert. And they anoint the whole body with oil. And they were covered in oil. And that anointing would heal the sick. It wasn't the oil, but it was the representation of what that oil did, the unction, the anointing. But in order to get that oil, olives have to be pressed. Come on, somebody say pressed. The Bible says that they had to be pressed pressed with a stone and they had to be pressed and pressed those seeds would get pressed so much that it would produce oil in the bible stone represents the law the purpose of the law sometimes is to put pressure, was to put pressure on the people until grace came. But sometimes you're going to get pressure to that point that what God actually wants is he wants to press you so much until he can squeeze the oil out of you, until he can squeeze the anointing out of your life. Because otherwise you won't know what kind of oil you have until you get pressed. Why am I going through all this situation, Lord? Why did I have to go through this? Because he wants to press the oil out of you. He wants to pray. He wants you to press the kingdom out, the anointing out, because the anointing breaks the yoke, because the anointing heals the sick, because the anointing is what casts devils out, because the anointing is the power that God has given you to have authority over demons and over devils and over disease and over sickness and over all those things that are coming against you come on somebody say I need to get pressed I need to be, I need to rely on God that everything that I'm getting pressed into is changing me it's taking me to another place mm. come on somebody say Jesus Jesus gave me the victory whatever opposition the kingdom and its subjects may face Job's declaration to the Lord remains true. In the book of Job chapter 42 and verse 2, the word of God says, I know, come on, say it with me. I know, read it with me. I know that you can do some things. Come on, what does it say? All things. Come on, say it with me. All things. I know that you can do all things and that no purpose, purpose of yours can be thwarted, can be messed up. I know that you can do all things, Job said. But it's even better in the New Testament when Paul takes that to another level and says, I know that you can do all things, but I also know that now I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that no matter what happens, come on, his purpose cannot be thwarted. Why? Because Romans 8, 26, says, uh, uh, he says, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and walk according to his purpose. Come on, say, I am the purpose of God. I can't be thwarted. The pressure that I'm going through is not to mess me up, but it is to help me press on to a greater glory. You know, what I want to get to today when the word, scripture of the Lord says the kingdom of God suffers violence. Remember, I was talking about John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was preaching about the coming Messiah. How many of you remember? He was, he was always preaching and baptizing unto repentance and, and preaching. But 
Just like in the Old Testament, there was everybody, every prophet, everybody that spoke about the upcoming Messiah only eagerly pressed into that. They really wanted to. They wished they could have seen what we have today. They only wish they could have had what we have to say. He says, I eagerly anticipate, even Abraham said, oh, if I could see the city, the new city, oh, if we could see that Messiah. But you know, we're so spoiled because we have it here and we don't even appreciate it anymore. We don't even understand what we have anymore. This people had to sacrifice animals every single year and that wouldn't remove the sin. It would just appease God for a temporary time. But now we have the Messiah. Now we have the Lamb of God that died on the cross for us and we don't have to worry about getting killed anymore. So the law was good. The law was important. The law was set by God in the desert to bring order to a group of people that had left Egypt in slavery. And when they left Egypt with a slave mindset, they walked in the desert and they started walking around. And they were set free from slavery from the Egyptians, but they were still slaves to their mindset. There were still slaves to a way of doing things. Let me give you an example. How many of you remember the manna? The Bible says that the manna would descend from heaven and they would try to do what? They would eat a little bit and they would hoard or store the rest, right? Because they thought, what if we don't have enough for tomorrow? Because that was their mindset from Egypt. Oh, come on. A lot of us, what we do is we have that kind of mindset. We don't trust God for tomorrow. We don't trust God for what's coming. We want to hoard everything today. I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if I should take this step of faith. I don't know if I should give this tithe. I don't know if I should give this offering. I don't know if I should do the first fruits. I don't know if I should trust God with this. Because what if, what if I don't have enough money to pay my bills? Because you're thinking that the manna will end that there will be no more manna tomorrow. But Jesus said, even to his disciples, he goes, hey, why are you worried about tomorrow? Why are you worried about what you're going to eat tomorrow if you haven't even finished your day? Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. This doesn't mean we don't plan for the future. This doesn't mean we don't, we don't have savings account and we don't plan our things. We have to plan for the future. We have to say, have savings account. But my trust is not in my savings. My trust is not in, my, in the 40K. My trust is not in what I'm planning to do for the future. My trust is in the Lord. That means that even if I lose that, God will still be my provider. Because my trust is in him because I don't have I don't come from a, a a slave mindset anymore where oh they used to give me soup and only once a day it was onion soup while I was a slave somebody say I have a new mindset but the law was given to them because they had no order say no order and the purpose of the law was to bring order. It was kind of like, how many of you remember when you had like that, 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 that train to the training wheels on your bike? How many of you remember training wheels on your bike? Right? How many of you remember going to the bowling alley and the rails on the side? Anybody ever use those rails? I still do. Put the rails up. Now I always win. Perfect. Strikes every time. Boom, 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 boom. Yay. 
And everybody just kind of looks at me. He put rails up. No, I didn't. They, they just look like rails, but there's no rails there. You're just imagining things. There's no rails. But that's what the law did. The law was good. Come on, somebody say the law was good because it was a mentor, a tutor. It was a trainer, a set of training wheels until the grace came. And the purpose of the law was to bring you order. But then whenever grace, but there was no grace that if you messed up in the law and if you broke the law, then were you going to pay physically for what the law, the law that you broke that you couldn't keep? Somebody say, but God, but God had a plan. See, in the book of Hebrews 10:6, God said this. This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them in their minds. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them in their minds. Come on, somebody say minds. That means that we need to have order here. Come on, say order in my mind. And the, part, the law was good for a while because it would bring order to me. But the problem was that I was not going to be able to keep that law. And so every time you hear the word law, the law was born in their forefront. How many of you have ever seen uh, the, the, the rabbis or have you ever seen uh, some of the, in, in Jerusalem, and they have little boxes on their forehead. How many of you have ever seen that? And it's in a little square. And you know what's inside the little box? The law. And, they, and so they literally take this and put it right here, and they go pray, and they're going like this, and they're, and they're just reciting that law. So what it becomes, it becomes a ritual. It becomes the same thing over and over. And they think that by doing that, I have the law in my mind. I can memorize it. I can memorize it. And that's the problem with religion. Religion makes you memorize things where you do the same thing over and over and over again. And that's what happened to the people in the desert. They went in circles for 40 years. Ooh. Like sheep without a... Shepherd. And so, so every time you hear the word law, you, you need to think of a box, four by four, four by four. Every time you see four by four, I'm not talking about the stud. I'm not talking about Jim Duggan and wrestling. I'm talking about a little box, a little box. And so a little box, the law boxes you. Come on, somebody say, the law boxes me. It makes you go in circles. It makes you do the same thing over and over and over. That's why it's called religion, religious, doing the same thing over and over. You come every Sunday, you come every Thursday, or you come, you know, every Friday, or you come every, and it's the same thing, and it's the same thing, and it's the same thing. There's, there's got to be something else. God promised them a land. The problem is they didn't know how to get to the promised land because they had this mindset of circling. Because all their life, while they were in slavery, what did they do? The same thing every day. They would get up, they would work, they would eat, they would sleep, they would get up, they would work, they would eat, they would sleep. All their lives, that's all they knew. Guess what they were going to do in the desert? The same thing. Guess what religion makes you do? The same thing. Man, I want something else to happen. I wanted to get to the point here at Access Church that there's so much revival that people can't come in here sick without leaving healed. I wanted to get to the point, we want that as pastors, that people can come in here possessed by a demon and they can leave delivered. And I'm not talking about Christians because Christians can't get possessed. So stop delivering Christians. 
Leave him, take me. No, it's not the exorcist. We're talking about demon-possessed people that can't find freedom because they don't have a relationship with the Lord. And the very first thing we need to do is love them into Christ. And once we love them into Christ, sometimes the deliverance will happen through that love rather than making them throw up somewhere. Oh, I know I'm stepping on some toes. I'm sorry. We want to fix everything with deliverance. Sometimes you can fix it with a little bit of love. Actually, with a lot of love. So in the book of Micah, chapter 2, verses 12 through 13, we find this story. We find this scripture about represents a picture of the law. So the law was, if I may, metaphorically speaking, like a pen or a corral or a box where they used to hold the sheep. And so it says, I will surely assemble all of you. Say assemble. Oh, Jacob, I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like sheep of the fold, like a flock in the midst of their pasture, of a corral, of a pen. They shall make a loud noise because of so many what? People. And 13 says, says the one who breaks will op- open will come up before them. Come on, say break open. The kingdom of God suffers what? Come on, violence, and the violent take it by force. Come on, the violent take it by force. The light. Come on. (laughs) Something's going on. Come on, something's going on. And so it says, it says the one. Come on, say the one. The Messiah. The king. The one John talked about. Behold the Lamb of God that removes the sin of the world. Come on. It was talking about that Messiah. Come on. Let's continue in the 13. What does 13 say again? He says, the one who breaks open will come up before them. They will break out. Come on. Somebody say break out. They will pass through the gate and go out by it. Now, you know that gate. Do you know what it was called? It was called the narrow gate, the narrow door. Oh, come on. Narrow is the path. It's not talking about going to heaven. It's talking about breaking out of slavery, breaking out of religion, breaking out of your uncertainties, breaking out of your same lifestyle over and over. But you know the reason you keep going in circles? It says the king will pass before them. The Lord at, the Lord at their what? Heads. Come on, say heads. In other words, this is what's going to happen. Religion, that box on their head that made them do the same thing in circles over and lower would make them go in this corral. And there was the narrow gate. Just think of a narrow gate right there. And they would do this. How many of you have seen the video of the sheep? What do they do? Come on. The desert, 40 years. Come on. Your addiction, years. Come on. Your problem, your anger, your unforgiveness. Come on, it's all in your mind. Religion. Come to church. Go work all the week. Go out on Saturday. Go out. Go to church. Same thing over and over and over. Those sheep. You know why they keep going and over? Because they had no head to lead them. They cannot recognize the narrow door because it was so narrow. I know that because I used to help my grandpa gather sheep and we would round them out and they kept going around the corral and going around the corral and we wanted to get them out the door until we would figure it out that we would all stand in the line and then we went that way, that way, that way. And tell me people are not the same way. That way. 
No, but I, I'm used to going that, that way. There's the door. But it's narrow. Yes, it is. Because it produces pressure like a funnel. And so it took the Lamb of God. Come on, say the Lamb of God to, to go from being a king to being a lamb to walk into the pen, into the law, fulfill the law, walk the law, walk the pen with us. And then on the, one of the circles, he goes, this is the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Come on, I am the door because I recognize the door. And you know what sheep do? Sheep smell other sheep. But until one of them breaks the cycle, then they wouldn't know that there's a door there and a way out from religion. Oof. So then Jesus comes and he becomes the Lamb of God that shows them the way out of religion. Come on. He would break them out. What did it say there? He would break them out. Come on, they will break out. And they will come out of religion. Why? Because you know what religion does? Religion traps you in a way where you can't do anything. It holds you in a jail where you can't do anything. And I want to give you an example today of that in the book of Mark chapter 5, verses 25 to 35. There's a woman there. Oof. I don't know how many times I preached this message. And this is one of the first times that through the studies and, and this, this, again, this theological insight into the revelation of what that meant, the, the violent taken by force. It was talking about Jesus coming in, getting into the law system so then he could take us out of the law system because the law forced us to do the same thing over and over inside a pen. But in the book of Mark, somebody say, Mark, in the book of Mark, we find this woman with an issue of blood. This woman, with all due respect to all of you here, but this woman had this menstrual, menstrual cycle. And I know some people get offended even by that word, but I'm sorry. It's, it's nature. It's natural. Every woman goes through it every month. But this woman would go through it for 12 years. You women, us men don't even have an idea and understanding what you women go through. But imagine having to deal with that every month. And then on top of that, on top of that, she was told that if she menstruated, according to Leviticus chapter 11 and chapter 15 in the Mosaic law, Leviticus chapter 11 and chapter 15 in the Mosaic law, go by, go study that, go read it on your own. And all the rules and regulations when a woman was going through that menstrual cycle, she couldn't go anywhere because she was going to contaminate something. She was considered an unclean woman. She couldn't go to the public. She couldn't go to the market. She couldn't go anywhere during her time of her period. Imagine this woman for 12 years because if she sat on a couch, nobody could come and sit on that couch because it was contaminated. If she slept on a bed, nobody could sleep on that bed because it was contaminated. Imagine if this woman used to be a wife or a mom and she had a husband and children. Nobody could be around her anymore because she was considered impure and unclean. And nowadays, maybe there's not a menstrual cycle going on in a person, but maybe they've been shedding blood in their emotions. Maybe they've been shedding blood through a sickness. Maybe they've been shedding blood in their marriage. Maybe Maybe they've been shedding blood with their children. Maybe they've been shedding blood in ways that you don't imagine that they've been in prison for all their lives because they're battling an addiction that's bleeding them to death. 
And this woman has spent all her money in curanderos and doctors and brokers. She tried, she tried all kinds. She tried herbal life. She tried everything. He tried it all. Onivera and Pelaluca and everything. She tried it. CBD, toda la cosa. He even prende la vela and it didn't work. Didn't even work for the cowboys. But anyway, I told him I wanted my money back. What's his name? Prende la vela. I said, I want my money back. It didn't work. So this woman was in a box. Hey, this woman was in a box. I'm going to be finishing. This woman was in a box. But I want to share this last three keys about this woman taking the kingdom by force and pressing into it. The number one she did, thing she did is, I want you to write these three things down. The number one thing she did, she said, she said it. Say it. Come on, say it. Say it. She confessed it. Mark 5, 28 says, For she kept saying to herself, if, I only, if only I could go touch his clothes, I know I will be healed. The first way out, the first way of pressing yourself out, pressing into the kingdom, forcing yourself out of that pen together with the blood of the Lamb, the very first thing is that she recognized that Jesus Christ provided the answer to what she needed. She understood that that was the Lamb of God, and she understood that she goes, if I touch that garment, which was talking about her his prayer shawl, it wasn't talking about the tunic, it wasn't talking, it was talking about his prayer shawl, because at the end of his prayer shawl, there was this little string called a zitzit, and that it contained five little knots and in between those five little knots were 39 coils of string 39 circles like that the bible says by his stripes i am healed he got whipped 39 times and she got a revelation and said if i can just touch one of those things i will be healed completely this woman suffered for 12 years 12 is the number of government in the bible the government of the law makes you bleed religion makes you bleed over and over without a solution but God provided a lamb but God provided a Messiah God provided a way out of the sheep pen through a lamb called Jesus Christ that died on the cross for you and for me so that you would follow him on and she said if I touch that man I will be made whole you got to confess what you need to do so you will be made whole somebody praise the Lord this morning From the very beginning, God gave me the right to be blessed. He blessed Adam with a garden and he put him there. He was blessed just like your, your, your sweatshirt says, your hoodie says. It says, I'm blessed. Come on, say, I'm blessed. God gave Adam a garden that provided everything for him. Even the don'ts. God has given you a garden of blessings. You know what to do with it. I wish I had more time, I got, I wish I had more time. Point number two, not only did she say what she was going to do, she did it. You know, have you ever heard of the term, the term, just do it, just do it. Not only did she speak it, but she walked it. You know, a lot of times we say a lot of things, 
but we don't do them. And the Word of God tells me that faith without works is dead. You can shout it out and say it all you want. You can say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. God is going to do this and God is going to do that. But if you don't get up from your seat, if you don't take a step of faith, if you don't walk in it, if you don't walk into what you've been talking, it's never going to happen. You need to get off your couch. You need to be tired of hemorrhaging all your life in whatever you're going through. I'm tired of it. I don't want it anymore. I'm going to go touch my master. I'm going to go touch the lamb. I'm going to get up from this place because I don't want to be barricaded on these four walls anymore. Church, we need to leave the building. We're about to do worship under the stars. We need to leave the building. We need to let the world know that Jesus Christ is not in a box. He is inside of me. He is inside this, come on, this city. He is all over the place. He is not in a box. We can't box Jesus Christ. But when she heard about Jesus' healing power, come on, she what? Heard. She not only said it, she pushed through the crowd. Imagine, she said, I know I'm gonna take a risk because if I step out of my place, if I step out of my comfort zone, they might criticize me. If I confess the sin, if I confess my addiction, if I confess my marriage problem, if I confess that I've been messing up, they might judge me. But I'm gonna tell you something here at Access Church, nobody's going to judge you. We're just gonna love you into Christ. We're gonna receive you. We're gonna lead you to touch the garment, the hem of Jesus, so you can be set free from what has tormented you for years. And so he says, if I can go touch him. When she heard about Jesus, she pushed to the crowd and came up behind him and touched his prayer shawl. I'm going to tell you something. Imagine, I can just imagine. You know what a prayer shawl would do? Jesus would put it over his head. When they would pray, it was called the tent of prayer. Remember when Paul made tents? It wasn't tents to sleep in. It was prayer shawls. And he would, those were used to cover yourself from the dust and from the noise and from the distractions. The only time you can get away from the distractions is when you cover yourself with a mantle of prayer, when you're constantly in communication with the Lord. And she says, I need to touch that which makes Jesus who he is. Jesus was who he was because he spent time with God. He spent time in prayer. He spent time in the anointing. That's why he was full of the oil. He was full of the anointing. That's why when she went and she touched him, come on, somebody say, she touched touched him and I want to close with this last point as she touched him she received what he had Jesus is walking and all the people are pressing against him but they weren't pressing against the kingdom come on you got to understand that they were pressing in the natural because all they cared about was a natural thing but this woman she risked her life and she went into another dimension besides the natural. She went into a place that, it, that she couldn't do by herself. It took all of her will and all of her power to get there. And this woman went into there and she pressed herself through the crowd. She pressed the kingdom of God suffers violence because religion was keeping her from the kingdom. But she pressed into it. She went against it till she got to the point where she met the kingdom. 
kingdom of God and the kingdom of God set her free from her religion, from her bumps, from her sickness. Are you ready to touch the kingdom of God today and be set free from your kingdom? Are you ready to give the Lord a shout this day? Are you ready to touch the master? Somebody get up with me and somebody better shout to the Lord today. imagine the people who knew about her that she instantly got healed the bible says that she felt scared when when he said who touched me because she thought oh they're gonna stone me again the last church i went to stoned me to death the last religion i was part of stoned me to death i thought they were gonna heal me when i got there but they actually made me worse they made me bleed more but this time, come on, say this time, you're in the right place because Jesus didn't attack her. Jesus didn't condemn her. Jesus didn't judge her. Jesus didn't say, come on, grab some stones. We got to stone this woman to the No, He said, woman, do not be afraid for your faith has made you whole today. Your faith has made you new today. Your faith in the kingdom has taken you where you've never been before. Receive your freedom today in the name of Jesus. How many of you praise the Lord for that? Raise your hands this afternoon. Say, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you because you're the lamb that has provided the way out. You have helped us through the narrow gate to press through with a pressure against the enemy of religion and the evil one so we can press into the kingdom. So the kingdom of God can come by force today. But we thank you for that. Spirit, soul, and body. God bless Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.